0: On this podcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message entitled, The King. His scripture text to be taken from the book of Psalms, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Hear now, Pastor Moody.
1: Verse 1, the Bible says, Why do the heathen rage, and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, set themselves. Put themselves in authority. Put themselves to be something. And the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed or his Christ. Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Remember that one verse said the kings have set themselves But this verse says, yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has sent unto me. Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. I want to preach for a few minutes this morning. and I told Brother Berger back there when he came in, I said, be ready. I may just let you come on and preach. But God's put this word in my heart and I need to preach it. Last Sunday was Easter Sunday. We celebrated resurrection. We had a sign out front on our sign that said Christmas was the promise, but Easter was the proof. And I thought about how the book of Acts said he showed himself alive by many infallible proofs after his passion, after his suffering and dying. He proved beyond doubt who he was. And I've just been dwelling on that, Brother Tom, this week. I want to preach simply on the king. I want to preach The King. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your blessing. We thank you for the favor of God, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Lord, without you we can do nothing, but with you all things are possible. I pray today that you let the anointing, the yoke destroying, bondage breaking, life changing anointing of God flow in this house, flow upon me and through me. Lord, let preaching and ministry be as natural as breathing this morning. Let the power of God change people's lives. Let somebody embrace the king today. We honor Jesus as king of kings and lord of lords. That's how he will return, crowned with that great distinction to this earth. And we pray, Lord, that you will bless us today as we serve him and lift him up. In Jesus' name, the church said, amen. 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 You can be seated. Preaching for a while on the King. The scripture said here that the kings of the earth set themselves, they try to promote themselves and I thought the sight of men trying to promote and establish themselves as something great is at times amusing and at other times it's scary. Today people are fighting for their lives in Syria as Assad is trying to hold on to power with a stranglehold murdering his own citizens and then in korea north korea today kim jong un is trying to establish himself as something great by threatening the united states and the world with nuclear armaments he's a little puppet dictator trying to make big sounds it's a real threat don't take me wrong but On the grand scale of things, he's uh, uh, going to a gunfight with a cap pistol, can you say, man? And I begin to think about what happens when men begin to try to promote themselves. The idea of any lasting authority coming from anywhere but the Lord is unimaginable. God said that he sets up kings and he takes them down. Governments are in place at his behest. And and I started thinking uh, as the Lord began to deal with my heart about this idea. The first part of uh, verse 2 says the kings of the earth have set themselves. Then in verse 6 God says yet have I set my king upon my holy hill, the hill of Zion. Isaiah said it like this in Isaiah chapter Nine in verse six, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And listen to this, and of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. I begin to think like this, this week the news headlines, that John Kerry, who's now Secretary of State in the last two weeks, has made three trips to the Middle East trying to broker a peace agreement. I heard a man the other day on one of the news shows on the radio, I was traveling and listening to Fox News and he was talking and he said real diplomacy tries to steer steer clear of civil wars and civil uprisings and upheavals and He was talking about us trying to be involved in Syria. He said these are nations that have been nations for thousands of years. And here we have America, which is really still an infant nation compared to them, trying to intervene in their processes and in their ongoing battles and hatred that have went on for millennia. And he was lamenting the fact that really we had no one qualified <laughs> to broker a real peace in the Middle East. And I, driving along, I guess people thought I was talking to myself, but I was talking to that guy on the radio. And I said, Sir, if you only knew, there will be no peace, but things will wax worse and worse. Things are going to continue to, to deteriorate. Until the prince of peace returns. Until he comes to set up a government of which there shall be no end. Hallelujah. I want to tell you today I stand here realizing that the hope for the world, the hope for America, the hope for our state, the hope for your marriage, the hope for your children, the hope for family members on drugs, the hope for alcoholics, the hope for lives that are crumbling is not some social program, but it's the king It's the Lord Jesus. He's the only answer for humanity, if you believe it. Give him a shout now. Hallelujah. Give him praise. The king. Our king is a great king. Governments couldn't suppress him. Death couldn't hold him. The grave was powerless to him. He is today alive. Hallelujah and at the right hand of God making intercession that whosoever would call upon his name I want to shout it can be saved Hallelujah that word Saved is a big word It's a powerful word The Bible said that whosoever Would call on his name Would be delivered in Joel Salvation is more than just A fire insurance Policy can you say amen But to be saved is to come And submit to the king Of ages to become a part Of his kingdom I'm his Subject I belong to the Lord. Hallelujah. I've been bought not with silver or gold, but with the precious blood of a lamb. I've been purchased and ransomed by a plan that was birthed in the very mind and heart of God before the foundation of the world. I'd like to tell somebody that Jesus saves. Hallelujah. He saves to the uttermost. He saves and delivers. He saves, delivers and heals. He saves delivers, heals, and gives hope. Can you say amen? I want to tell you, he saves, delivers, gives hope, and he is the answer for all of humanity. Somebody needs to tell the truth. We have a king. We have a leader. We have a ruler. Amen. He's not just our Savior. He's our Lord. Glory to the Lamb of God. And God said, I've set him upon my holy hill. God said I gave his power to him and I want to tell you nothing can separate you from him hallelujah if you believe it give him praise <laughs> Woo. oh I'd love to preach a while let me, let me, let me try to go home. Jeremiah said behold the days in Jeremiah 23 and 5 come saith the Lord that I will raise unto David a righteous branch and a king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days, Judas shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. I'd like to tell people today that are looking, amen, for what God has promised. People are looking for prosperity, people are looking for judgment or equity, they're looking for fairness. The court system in America has went crazy. Amen. The, the, the courts of appeals, uh, the, the U.S. courts of appeals are making rulings that, that are ludicrous and anti-God and even anti-family and anti-human. Heard the story this week of a man that uh, escaped from Germany, left Germany and applied for political asylum in America because he wanted the right to homeschool his children. He didn't believe in the godless public school system in Germany. Uh, think about that, that, that teaches atheism and, and, and teaches against any against any biblical creation and, and indoctrinates people with the mindset to be against God. So a Christian man and his family left Germany and applied for asylum in the United States on the basis that they wanted the right to worship and the right to educate their children as they thought best and of course the process was started and then the Justice Department intervened and the only reason they did is because they did not agree with the man's godly principles I'm here to tell you that a world is looking for hope amen they're crossing our southern borders by the thousands every day trying to find prosperity, trying to find fair treatment, trying to escape poverty and, and then the uh, the rule of thugs and drug lords. And they think that when they cross that border into the land of the free and the home of the brave, that's all they need. But can I tell you there are more Americans probably in bondage this morning amen, than any other place in the world. Amen. We're free to drink We're a nation of drunks. Come on somebody and help me preach. We're free to have all kinds of expression that they call art and freedom of press. And we're just literally being flooded with pornography and then things that are destroying the very moral fiber of America. But I've come to tell you the answer's not in Washington. The answer's not a Republican. The answer's not a Democrat. The answer is the king that sits on the throne and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have Jesus than riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. Glory. So then we find God set a king upon a throne. And I wanna say about three things, if I may, about Jesus. I could preach from now till he comes and never say it all. So I'm just gonna try to say about three things if I can. First of all, I wanna say that Jesus should have been the king expected. He should have been the king expected. May when he appeared to Israel, when John stood that day at the Jordan, and said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That day when he rode into Jerusalem, and I know I'm skipping a lot here, but I'm in a hurry. On that donkey, the colt, the foal of an ass, and they were cutting down palm branches and throwing their garments off in the road and shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. The prophet said, Behold, your king comes lowly, riding upon the foal of an ass. And they had had prophecy. Moses had said uh, uh, that God would raise up a prophet uh, of you unto your brethren like unto me. And unto him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he says unto you. Isaiah said, Behold, a virgin will conceive and bring forth a son and will call his name Emmanuel. When Nicodemus went to him at night, a ruler of the Jews, a member of the council, a teaching man in the nation, and said, We know you've come from God. No man can do the things you do except God be with him. There was, should have been a knowledge born of expectancy. The time is right. The prophecies have been fulfilled. God has sent his son. Emmanuel is among us. He should have been a king expected. I thought so many times we've watched people grow up in church. It's hard for me to understand. I'm... I'm 60 now and I still don't get it. I don't get how people can grow up in the house of God and see miracles. Are you hearing me? See blind eyes opened. See cancers healed. See devils cast out. Is anybody with me today? I don't get how people can be in services where people stand and testify. My arteries were clogged. The doctor had said bypass surgery. But somebody anointed me with oil and prayed. Or the Holy Ghost gave a prophetic word. And when I got to the hospital, they found out my arteries were clean. And there was nothing wrong. I'm telling you, we've seen God move. And I'll tell you, there ought to be an expectancy in the heart of every believer. Amen. When you walk in the house of God, in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. to preach up in here, I've come to tell you that this is the place where the glory of the Lord appears. Not just this place, but in churches across this country that name the name of Jesus, where the King is on the throne. When we gather in His name, He comes, He saves, He heals, He blesses, He is the King. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! You see. Expectancy is the breeding ground of a miracle. Hallelujah. I expect God's gonna heal people when I pray for them. Well, if I didn't, I wouldn't waste their time or mine either. This is the confidence we have in him that we know that he hears us. And if he hears us, then we have the petition that we desire of him, the prayer of faith Come on, say that with me. The prayer of faith will save the sick. <laughs> Didn't say maybe, it might be. It said we'll save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. Hallelujah. And if they've committed sin, they'll be forgiven. Brother Berger, I want to tell you something. I appreciate you, brother. I love you and I wanted you to preach this morning, but I wouldn't trade this right now. You just have to come another time. I've come to tell you I know the king. I I'm part of his court I'm part of one of his subjects I have access To his very throne room I can enter in boldly And expect that God will do What I've asked him to do Hallelujah Breeding ground Well preacher I've been waiting a long time Well Think with me Sometimes it's just the right time. I told him in the Sunday school class this morning that there was a man that laid at the temple gate all of his life. All of his life and that tells me that when Jesus was in Jerusalem, that he walked by him. Most likely. Now the thing is when I read this gospels, I read that everybody that came to Jesus sick, when they brought multitudes, when when thousands thronged him and and they brought people sick and halt and lame and demon-possessed, your Bible says he healed them all. It says that several times. He didn't call nobody. He didn't leave nobody out. No respecter of persons. He healed them all. But for some reason, apparently, Jesus walked by this guy and left him. Because he knew one day two disciples would walk by and say, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Because faith was about to change not just his life, but their circumstances. You see, faith in God is an experience. Amen, Renee. It's an experience. You just got saved. You and Chuck just come to the Lord. Let me tell you something. Faith in God and getting saved is not just a fire insurance or signing up, you know, for the for some wonderful nice little plan that somebody else already paid for. But real faith changes you from faith to faith and from glory to glory. And just about the time you get comfortable, the old eagle will stir up the nest and the thorns will begin to stick, and you'll have to move up to higher ground. Somebody help me. I'm telling you, faith is a wonderful thing. Thirty-five years. I've lived for this God. I've walked through valleys, even the valley of the shadow of death, but I didn't develop any real estate there. I just kept on moving because I knew God was taking me somewhere else. Are you with me? Somebody needs to get a hold of what I'm preaching today. This God has a plan for your life. For your life. So when I walk in the house of God... It doesn't matter. There was this man had been lame all of, had been bl- lame all of his life. Bartimaeus had been blind all of his life. One woman had an issue of blood for for decades, and another one, uh, you know, there's just all kinds of stuff going on. And then some of it went on forever. But it was just at the right moment, the right time when the king showed up, things happened. Hallelujah, things happened. So he was a king that should have been expected. Let me go on. Not only that, but he's a king that should have been accepted accepted in nursing homes, in hospitals, in jails, in church services, in the altars, in foreign countries. I've prayed with people and talked to people about this Christ. And I've had many of them say, I believe in him. Many of them say, I, I know what you're saying is true, but I always say, but have you accepted him? Have you given him your heart? Have you allowed him to come in and take over and be Lord? The Bible said in John chapter 1, as many as received him. Can I change that a little bit and say, accepted him? He gave them power to become sons of God. Hallelujah. Woo! Isn't that a real deal? You can be a sinner, on your way to hell, deserve to die, deserve everything God throws at you, and instead God says, if you'll just take the son, I'll make you my child. What a deal. God's not saying let's make a deal. God's saying this is the deal. He that hath the son has life. Mm-hmm. He that hath not the Son hath not life, but, but the wrath of God abides on him. And we've seen people do everything besides accept Jesus. They've started something called uh, Mormonism. They've started something called Islam. They've started uh, all these isms and cults rather than accept him for what he really is. Hallelujah. He should have been accepted. Amen. Acts 3 and 23 said it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear him, when Moses had said the Lord will raise up a prophet like unto me, Peter was repeating, he said every soul that will not hear him shall be destroyed from among the people. The Bible said that Jesus, when he met Nathaniel, he said behold an Israelite in whom is no guile. And Nathanael said, Lord, where did you know me? Isn't that good? I've had people come to the church first time or second time or a few times here and I'd get up and start preaching. God would anoint me real good and I'd preach something they'd go home and tell their wife, you told that preacher all about me. Somebody in that church has been talking about me. They, he knew my stuff. Nathaniel said, Lord, how'd you know me? When you were under the fig tree before they called you, I saw you. I saw you. Man, I'll tell you, when Jesus confronts you, when the Holy Ghost convicts you, when God starts to deal with you, and all of a sudden you feel like all the skeletons are all out of the closet, and you've been found out. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And all of a sudden, Jesus looks at Nathanael and Nathanael says to him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, the King of Israel. Hallelujah. Oh, and he said, I'm gonna tell you, you said that because I said I saw you. He said, from here on, you're gonna see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending. He's the king. Oh, I'd like to preach him bigger than what I ever have. Years ago, old Robert said he saw him 90 feet tall, and everybody ridiculed him. I said, bless God, he's bigger than that. (laughs) Are you hearing me? And 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 I know what they were saying. They were just trying to let me let me move on. Let me move on. My point is Jesus said to Nathaniel, from here on, from this experience, heaven will be opened, angels will come. What if, if, uh, if uh, somebody were to stand up and say, Pastor, I've just seen an angel in the church? Well, they'd be a lot of people say, Oh, that's just a bunch of charismatic nonsense, like gold dust falling out of the sky. Huh? But your Bible said that He makes His angels to be ministering spirits, flames of fire. hallelujah. Sent to minister to those who are the heirs of salvation. I I claim that. That's me, hallelujah. I have the ministry of angels. I have the ministry of the Holy Ghost. I have a king who commands them. Hallelujah. That preacher's a little freaky. He has a reason to be. (laughs) He's seen things that most people don't want to see. I'm not trying to tell you I'm some big super spiritual nanny guru, something or other. I'm just telling you I believe the word of God. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Holy Ghost raises the standard. You know what that means? Clyde, come help me just a minute, will you? I want you to do something odd. I want you to go over and get that Christian flag and bring it over here. Hallelujah. I'm going to show you a thing. When the enemy comes in like a flood, when the enemy comes in like a flood, when Satan and his power has, I want you to stand right up there. Hallelujah. Now, you see, i I'm, he's the Holy Ghost. And I'm down here and the enemy's coming against me. So all of a sudden, the whole, come on, raise it up there. Don't worry about hitting nothing. Don't hit nothing, I mean. <laughs> and, uh, all of a sudden the Holy Ghost begins to raise the standard because the word standard means the tribal marker. Woo Hallelujah. I'm not under the tribe of Gad. I'm not under the tribe of Reuben. I'm under the tribe of the Lion, of the tribe of Judah. I am a child of God. I've been blood-bought, sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled and called of God. And when the enemy comes, the Holy Ghost raises the standard. Why? Why does he raise the standard? Because it's then and there that Jesus dispatches the angels. Harabu koriandaya. And the angels of the Lord encamp about those that fear him. And those that are for us are more than those that are against us. Greater is he that's within me. I'm going to tell you something. Thank you, Clyde. Clyde the angel. Hallelujah. Clyde the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. (laughs) Let me tell you something. This is a day when your kids are not safe. When society is dangerous. The elderly are not safe. I don't know how it is up in Indiana, I got a feeling it's about the same as it is here. But on the news, almost every night, you can hear about where kids have robbed their own parents or their own grandparents and killed them. Where drugs have robbed the soul right out of people. And we don't need the prison systems running over; they can't lock them up fast enough. The King needs to be accepted. Oh, I'd love to tell the governor who's tried everything to promote legalized gambling in our state. I'm not trying to get political. I don't care what stripe he is, what color he is. Are you hearing me? What denomina- or what party he is? The answer is not on track gambling or whatever they're trying to promote. The answer is for this nation to be directed to the attention of the king of glory. Hallelujah. He was a king that should have been accepted, but instead, finally, he was the king that was rejected. Think about this. John 18 and 33 said, Pilate entered the judgment hall and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You say this thing yourself, or did somebody else tell you? And then Pilate answered and said, Am I a Jew? Your own nation. And the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Are you the king? Why did your own people, why have they rejected you and brought you to me? And uh, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight. I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not from hence. And Pilate said, therefore, are you a king then? And Jesus answered and said, you say I am a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause, I came to the world that I should bear witness to the truth and everyone that knows the truth hears me and accepts me, in other words. In John 19, verse 17, after the mockery, the rejection, the phony trial, the false accusations, the Bible said he bearing his cross went forth to a place called the place of the skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him. There with two others on either side, one and Jesus in the midst. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Somebody say the king. Listen to this. The title was then read... This title then read many of the Jews. For the place where Jesus was, crucified, was nigh to the city. And it was written in Hebrew and in Latin and in Greek. And the chief priest of the Jews came to Pilate and said, Don't write the king of the Jews. But then he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered and said, What I have written, I have written. Anybody's read that before and thought, What's that mean? Let me help you. As I conclude, come on, Nick. You see, some questions, some why questions beg to be asked. Why was that sign placed over Jesus' head? Why did it trouble the Jews so much? Why did Pilate refuse to change it? Why was it written in three languages? Could it be that Here God used an unwilling or an unknowing soul, Pilate, to declare the glory of his Son, the King of the Jews. Could it be, amen, that Pilate intended for the sign to mock Jesus and to threaten the Jews, but God had another purpose? Are you with me? Hallelujah. Pilate was an instrument To declare the truth of the gospel. Every passerby could read it. It was written in three languages Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Hebrew, the language of Israel and of religion. Amen. Greek. the the language of the Romans, the language of law and government, Greek, the language of Greece, or the language of culture. God had a message. He wanted every world, the religious world, the governmental world, the cultural world, to understand Jesus is king. He is king. God still speaks today. He's still saying it. Christ is King. He's saying it through missionaries. He's saying it through pastors and evangelists. He's saying it through the workings of the Holy Ghost. Can I say this? God is saying it through circumstances. To a drug-riddled nation and a morally failed people. Who are sick to death of sin and what it offers. God is saying Christ is the answer. Michael Jackson died overdosed on dope. I heard on the news show this week there there's a battle going on over his estate. The man that made Thriller, I don't know what else he made. But he left behind an estate valued at $50 billion. But he died lost, godless, drugged and damned to slip into the darkness with no hope. The king of pop, Elvis Presley, stormed the scene in the 50s grew up in church wanted to sing gospel music refused by the quartets he turned to something called rock and roll became the king when he died they sung songs about him the king is gone that's what the song said but he died overdosed on drugs I'm not his judge but unless he prayed in a final moment lost and in hell today rock and roll. I could go on and on, but I've come to tell you there's only one king. He's my king. He's king of glory. He'll come back one day. Every eye will see him, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess. Even Satan will say, you are king. Name written on his vesture on his thigh King of Kings Lord of Lords let me ask you the question is He your king? are you saved? and if you've been saved have you really made him Lord? are you really serving him like you would a king? Powerful, potentate you see in this country you can vote for the president in that eastern world in that bible time the king was absolute authority you couldn't even approach him unless he stuck his scepter towards you if you did you could die but our king came and died on a cross in our place suffered for our sins was buried and rose again and went back to heaven and he sits today as Lord and Savior and says if you'll come to me I'll make you part of my eternal kingdom is he your king? there's two kingdoms there's his and the kingdom of darkness you either serve him or you serve the devil there's no middle ground You'll either go to heaven or hell, there's no such thing as purgatory. Is you hearing what I'm saying? He's my king. Would you bow your heads, please, Father? And set our hearts on you.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's message and we'll tune in again next time. Raising the Standard is the media ministry of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. For more information on the various outreaches and ministries of the Richmond House of Prayer, please visit our website at www.arhop.life. Thanks for listening.